0: Fender Bender's official podcast, helping collision repair shop operators make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm Mike Munzenreiter, Associate Editor of Fender Bender. And with me today is DJ Mitchell, Vice President of Mitchco Collision Repair, a Florida MSO. Today, DJ and I are talking about managing managers, how you can choose people to become managers, what it takes to let them do their jobs, and how you can step away. What are you looking for? What type of person are you looking for in a manager or when you're bringing someone up from the ranks to make them a manager? What, what kind
1: of traits do you want? Well, when we're, when we're hiring somebody, we don't know. Um, hmm. We, we want to see how they handle themselves. Do they seem to move about with some energy? Do they seem level-headed and mature? Um, we like to walk them around, go to the shop with them discuss some situations discuss the problems we may be having or problems we anticipate we're going to be having and kind of get their thoughts on how they handle how they would handle it what they think we um, try to see if they're positive
0: mm-hmm.
1: the manager can set the tone for the entire building and they don't always realize that they're doing it and yeah. if, you know they think negatively or they act negatively or speak negatively it can really affect the shop So those are a couple of quick things we look for when we're hiring somebody we don't know. If we're bringing somebody up within the company to, to do more, we look for all of those same things, of course, but we also look to see, you know, how they're liked by their coworkers, um, how they handle themselves. Do they show any type of leadership quality? How well do they follow direction? Mm-hmm. Um, how well do they understand what they're doing? A lot of times people do a job because they're told to do it or people don't do a job the way you want them to, cause they don't understand why.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's
1: really hard to teach somebody a process if you don't understand why you're doing it. You know, if, you know, DJ and Dave say do this and you don't understand why DJ wants you to do it, then, you know, it's harder for people to realize the importance of it.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, so we look for somebody who understands our process, um, and, you know, just knows how to make things happen. Um, you know, we don't want people to have to put out fires. We try not to have fires that need put out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but there's always problems that need to be solved and problems that need to be prevented. So we look for guides that have, you know, good problem prevention skills. And we look for people that when there is a problem, run to it and try to fix it instead of. Uh, you know, letting it continue to simmer or get worse.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it it's interesting to me that when you're hiring that outside person, you you're kind of pulling the curtain back and showing them what's going on, yeah. what could be a potential problem. Why is that important at that juncture?
1: Yes. Very rarely do you interview somebody who's like, I'm a decent manager. I've had a couple jobs, and I got fired for the last three. wasn't really my spot. <laughs> It's always, oh, I did 300,000 sales. My gross profit was 49%. I never had a comeback. I take great pride in what I do and quality is number one and customer service is number one. Then they get there and it doesn't happen that way. Every body man knows how to use your frame, your measuring system when you interview them. And then when you hire them, they don't know how to use your measuring system anymore. Um, they all know how to use your spot welder. You hire them, they don't know how to use it. It's, eh. Nobody ever it's very rare that somebody is completely honest in the interview. Like I I struggled at the last two places I was a manager at. Uh, I worked at a a dealership for a while. as an estimator. I was kind of the number two. I filled in for a while. I think I learned a lot. I'd like another chance. Like you don't really get that that often. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of pull the curtain back and show them what they're going to walk into and see what they think, how they react, what their eyes look like when you're walking through the shop. Cause I've walked people through shops before and they'd look around like, man, there are a lot of cars here. Yeah. <laughs> and you can already tell they're overwhelmed at the jump. Um, so you, yeah. you, you kind of have to pull it back and show them what they're going to get into or, you know, or in that case, you're really just rolling the dice and hoping that you're making a good call.
0: Yeah. That makes perfect sense. So As you're, you know, evaluating an existing employee, as you're evaluating maybe a new person, are you in the mindset of like, okay, if I do bring the, if I do put this person into a management position, how am I then going to manage them? Are you, are you thinking that far ahead?
1: Yeah, because, you know, some people, some personalities don't go well. Some people um, have a hard time dealing with somebody who may be younger than them or, um, so I do consider those things. If, if I had somebody, I think would be great. But I know is you know very stuck in their ways and very hard headed and doesn't want you know to listen to certain things. I know I'm going to have a hard time managing that person down the road, and I don't want to set the company up for failure because somebody's not going to let themselves be managed.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, I've came into some situations before where you know somebody, um, you know, people that had trained me were now working for me. And they have a hard time listening to you because, like, oh, I taught you everything you know. Well, no, you taught me everything you know. You didn't teach me everything that I know.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um, and so that is something that gets considered. Um, you know, there's other people like in, in the past, and we had more locations, we had area managers. I would look at, you know, promoting somebody or adding a manager, and I would think, well, that manager may not work well for, you know, person A because of these reasons, but they're going to work great for this area manager. So that is something that has to be considered uh, when, when trying to figure out who's going to manage. Right.
0: Yeah. I think that that works into kind of where I wanted to go with the next question, which is if you've always been the boss and you're just working directly with your employees, but then maybe you add a position, who's the manager, how is it different managing that, that is, manager than it is, going, you know, just directly to your employees? How do you have to change the
1: mindset? So so you form a relationship with your employees when you're the manager or you're the owner running the shop. Then as you try to distance yourself, people are so used to going to you. It happens to me all the time where somebody will call me. Hey, DJ, I got a problem with this, you know, estimate. I don't think it has enough time or I need a procedure to do this. And cause they're so used to going to you because you provide them with answers and mm-hmm. you do the things that I talked about at the beginning of the, the podcast. You, you find problems, you prevent problems, you make problems go away and they know that if they go to you, it's going to happen. It's a sure thing. So now when you say, well, don't call me, go to, you know, so-and-so, they don't have that trust and relationship yet, or they may not, you know, they may have got wrong information once or they may have forgotten something one time. And they remember that they, people take the path of least resistance. And if you call DJ and DJ gets you an answer, that's what people want to do. You know, I've had, as we got busier last time when we had car guys, um, we had some experienced managers that uh, there's a guy, his name is Mike Brandes. Uh, I don't think Mike Brandes really listens to podcasts. Uh, if somebody listens to this podcast and hears this, I would appreciate you telling this to Mike. Um, Mike was a, a guy who taught me a lot, who then worked underneath me and just wanted to make me look good. He liked me. He cared about me. He wanted, he wanted me to do a good job. And he would see me and pull me aside and be like, dude, you have to let go of some of this stuff, man. They keep, they keep coming to you. You have to tell them not to you know, there's a guy that works for us now named Kevin. Kevin tells me that all the time. Like, Hey, you got to let go of some stuff because if you get too much on your plate, you're not going to be able to balance at all. Um, so it's hard to make that transition of I'm not your manager anymore. I'm your manager's manager. You need to go to him or her. And if they don't help you, then you come to me. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a big transition to make. And it's very hard to do. And that's why a lot of times, you know, managers may not like working for a small business, um, because people always go to the owner. They don't go right. to them. They're a manager in, in role in in name only. They don't actually get to run the business. And, you know, we, we try to let our managers run the business. If we need to get involved, we will. But um, it is a hard thing to get used to. And, you know, you find yourself reverting back to it. And you have to constantly be telling yourself, I need to be working on the business, not in the business.
0: Right. And uh, you touched on it, but it seems like, you are really, well, you're not helping anyone. You're not helping your business if you're not empowering that manager to be the manager. You can
1: only do so much. Yeah, you can only do so much. If you're trying to run the shop and you're not dealing with your other managers, I mean, you can be affecting four stores by having good conversations with your managers and looking at reports and having good conversations. But if you're at one store trying to you know, micromanage the estimating process or something like that. Or or, you know, running around and solving all the problems instead of teaching your manager how to prevent them, you're never gonna be able to grow. We opened up Car Guys five, six years ago. We went from one to fourteen very rapidly. So my role changed extremely quickly over those years. I had to we would add a store all the time. You can type in car Guys and fender bender on the website and you'll see all the press releases how you know back to back to back. So I eventually had to change, you know, or I, I period, or systematically changed. I don't know what the word is. I changed a lot. My role changed constantly. Then when we were acquired by Joe Hudson, my role changed even more because now I was, I was mo- even more big picture. Then when I left Joe Hudson's and we opened up Mitch Co-Collision Repair, we had one store again. Then we had two, then we had three, then we had four, all within a year. So my role changed. I went all the way up and all the way back down and, you know, going back up again. So, you know, I'm reliving a lot of the stuff that I went through last time. In terms of
0: letting the manager manage, you, you touched on it when talking about how if you're an owner, you can't micromanagement, you can't micromanage the estimating process. Do you want to micromanage your manager who's then trying
1: to oversee no. these processes? Yeah. No not at all and and micromanaging something like micromanaging an estimating process if if you want to review every estimate because they people miss things and you want to add it that's micromanaging the process if you want to review every estimate and teach your employees how to write more profitable and accurate repair orders then that is working on a process that is great that's something you should be doing um so if, if you're working on something you you need to make sure that you're teaching at the same time you're not just doing it because people are missing things or, or correcting things you need to be teaching them so then in the future you don't have to do that anymore
0: you you were just talking about wearing a bunch of different hats and swapping one in for, or one out for another uh mm-hmm. this this kind of managing managers topic do you have any more anecdotes or just stories from your experience that you could share with listeners
1: you no, know, there's, I, I think I probably told it on a podcast before. I also think I've said that before. Um, but there's a story my dad told me where he um, had a big account um, and then, uh, you know, mutually agreed to end the partnership. And he didn't know where you know, the rest of his cars were going to come from. Hmm. And he gets a, gets a good break because um, he's doing a good job. He's doing nice work and he gets an opportunity, to, you know, to bring on another really big um, account. And he's in the office with the two supervisors from this account about you know what they're going to do, what he can do, and what they can do for each other, and you know trying to nail something down so we can keep cars in the shop. Somebody barges in and opens the door and tells my dad that he's on a hand cleaner. And my dad says, you know, there's, is there nobody here that can order you hand cleaner other than me? I'm, I'm, I'm having a meeting right now. And the guy said, well, no, Dave, you wanted to order all the material, remember? So... <laughs> my dad had put a cap on how much he could grow. Cause he was doing everything. He wasn't empowering anybody to make their own decisions and he wasn't entrusting anybody with anything. If somebody screwed something up, he would just take it back on his plate. So that was when he kind of learned like, man, I need to let off of stuff and I need to work on it so that I can grow. And then within a year he had three locations. Um, with me, we had a, a couple locations and I was at one in the morning at the other one in the afternoon. And, My dad wanted to go fish and I told him I couldn't and he said, how big of a business are you going to run if you can't be gone for a few hours on a Wednesday morning? And that's when I realized when I'm working in this too much, I need to teach these guys how to do it so I don't have to. Um, and you know, when, when you were talking earlier about, you know, promoting people from within, we're always constantly thinking, you know, could this person run a store later? is this person, should this person still be running a store? Would this person be better running that store? Right. So we're constantly, you know, analyzing everything that's going on, and we're looking at people that aren't managers today and kind of jotting their, you know, their path down in our head where we think they're going to end up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have, a, you know, we have, we have some, some stores now where there's, there's three potential managers working in the shop right now as estimators you know we're trying to figure out you know you know 6 months or now a year from now like where are these people working you know are they all going to still be in the same building working together are they going to be doing something different in the same building or are they going to be in different buildings doing different roles So that's something we're analyzing all the time um yeah i think that, you I, have to if not if if not when something happens you're caught without a plan
0: and i suppose if you've figure out, you know, a possible path here, maybe nudging these people in that direction, you know, if not outright saying it, if the decision hasn't been made, you kind of try to get them to where you want to see them.
1: Yeah. Well, we're looking at, you know, we're always looking at buying shops Um, and we're looking at a shop right now. And, you know, one of the big questions, so hard to find employees in the body shop business. Um, Mm -hmm. It's hard to find employees in a lot of businesses, but it's hard to find them in a body shop and especially quality ones. Um, so, you know, we can only grow so fast that we don't have the right people. So, the first question when we buy a store is, you know, who's going to run it? Mm-hmm. And when it gets to full capacity, is the person we put there still going to be capable of running it at that point? So, with this store, we had a person in mind and um, we thought to ourselves, when this store gets to full capacity, will this person still be able to run it? And our answer was yes. So we called him the other evening on the way home and I told him what we were thinking about doing. And would he be interested in being the manager there? And um, he said, yeah. So if he would have told me no, and I couldn't come up with another plan for who was going to run it, we probably would have passed on that shop for now. Right.
0: All this, uh, all these various topics that we, we, we talk about all fit together, don't they? They do. That's a lot of food for thought and uh, uh, always appreciate your time. Thank you, DJ.
1: no no problem mike thanks
0: thanks for joining us today once again i'm mike munzenrider with bender bender and this was collision cast